This is episode number 130 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. everybody. Welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. This is the podcast that helps you become a fantastic presenter by reducing public speaking fear and helping you really develop those skills that professional speakers have. This is part two of a series that, or not, it's not a series, but a part two of an interview that I did with, with a guy named uh, Ivan Ruiz. And Ivan, and he, oh my God, this turned into a, a um, a pretty interesting hour and a half interview that we've condensed down to two sessions. Anyway, um, you should get a kick out of it. Um, just, just so you know, the, the, this started out as me interviewing him about his, he's a great public speaking coach and he has online courses and just wrote a fantastic book on public speaking that is taking the world by storm. And, and he's just a fun guy. And somewhere along the way, I've lost total control of the interview and he started interviewing me. And so if you've ever been interested in how to start your own public speaking company or the UFC or jujitsu or salsa dancing, oh my God, we talked about everything under the sun, but it's a lot of fun. Um, enjoy the, the next 30 minutes or so. Um, the, the, um, in 2005, we had, since we were still doing a lot of the leadership stuff, we had people that would hire us to do leadership training, but they would do it as like team building activities. You know, they, mm. so because what, what they figured out was that if they sent a group of people through our, our leadership class, or if they had us come in and do leadership programs yeah. at their company, all of a sudden people were communicating more effectively. There was less conflict. There were, um, there, there was um, uh, the, the confidence of the people in the room started to grow. So they were building leaders from within and that kind of thing. And so it created more of a team culture, a team atmosphere. And so we kept getting people in the early to, or mid 2000s or so that would call us up and say, hey, well, do you do team building activities? And we we're like, well, yeah, we do communication skills and people skills and like resolution. They would say, no, 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 we're not looking for leadership. We're looking for team building. And so um, we ended up I, um, in, the, in 2005, we had a client that said, hey, we want to do something that's, we, we want it to be training, but we want it to be really fun. We want it to be interactive and we'd like to kind of do something for charity at the same time. And we're like, wow, we've never gotten a request like that before, but we'll kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll put some, we'll, we'll kind of brainstorm. And so I got all my instructors together and we were like, hey, this client really wants us to do something for charity. Yeah. And one of them, one of the, the folks in the, in the room kind of said, well, do it for something for kids, you know, like build something, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. How about bicycles, how about we, re we build bicycles for kids. And so what we did was we created this, this team building activity where, um, let's say you've got a hundred people in the room, we divide them into teams of like five or six people. And in those groups of five or six people, they have to do tasks as a team in order to earn bicycle parts. So if they do, if they accomplish task number one as a team, they get the handlebars. And if they accomplish task number two, they get the, the seat. And, then, and, and once they get all the pieces, they build the bikes. And, and not knowing that at the end of the event, these little kids from the Boys and Girls Club are going to come running into the room and they're going to get to give the bicycle that they just right. built to some of these underprivileged kids. So that was the idea that we came up with in, in 2005. And 
when when the kids came rushing into the room at the end, um, I, I wish we had somebody had videoed it. I mean, because it was like, all oh, that you did it. Room. There were people crying. It's like it was one of those things that I went back that day and I trademarked the name. <laughs> so I went back and I was like, I trade. Okay, yeah. So the build build a bike team building activity was born uh, back then, and it took. And that was our second kind of big hit. Anyway, that was the yeah. second thing that just took off. Um, in 2005, we did two of the, one of them. And then in early, like in January, 2006, we did the, the second one. And I think in throughout 2006, we probably did maybe 10 of these events. And, and again, by the time that we got to like 2009 or 2010, we we're doing three, four, 500 of these a year. I mean, just hundreds of these events really? everywhere. And, uh, and in fact, I think we've, uh, all total since we started this thing, we've donated, I think it's like four and a half million dollars worth of bicycles to, to children's charities all over That's the amazing. world. It, yeah, it was something that it just took the world by storm. It created a whole new industry. It was like this charity team building activity didn't even event, it, it exist back in 2005. If you want to do a, a team building activity with a group at a, at a convention or something like that, you took them to a, a baseball game or you took them bowling or something like that. There was nothing that you could actually do. Got people doing stuff. All. You can do it in the banquet hall of the meeting room that you've been in for a couple of days and make it fun so that when people get it back on the plane, they go, oh, my God, that was freaking awesome. That was great. So it was and so that was kind of the second big hit. But that was 2005. And so we're like for, for like the last, I don't know, maybe 15 years or so, every once in a while, my me and my team will kind of get together and we'll go what's the next big thing? You know, we had the fearless presentations thing. we had the build a bike thing. You know, what's the, what's the next big thing? I'm uh, over the last month and a half. The next big thing is virtual training because we have um, virtual training has changed so much in the last four weeks. It's, it, it has accelerated so fast. Things that we thought would take two or three years to develop are now being developed in a matter of hours or days now. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we, for instance, and just in the last couple of weeks, we've had some of the biggest companies in the world that have had us do um, something that I never thought would even be possible. You know, we, we did like, for instance, last Friday, we did a virtual team building activity with 250 people for Microsoft. Virtual virtual team building. We did an escape room. It was kind of fun. It was like, we just created it from scratch. Right. So, so like, okay, so here's the, um, give me an example, not to give away your secrets, but could you give me one example of like one of the things that they would do? Because that's super interesting. Yeah. And by the way, before you do quick little note, I think one of the things I always like to use is strife breeds innovation. And that's when you said in the last four, it's because we had this, that we've had all this innovation when things are going terrible. Right. That's when people get creative. I think Scotty said it from Star Trek is like to accomplish the impossible. All you need is two things, a plan and not enough time to do it in. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So give me an example of this escape room yeah, thing. Cause that's so, fascinating. Okay. So, so I, from the time that escape room started, I was fascinated by these things. Cause the yeah, idea I love of escape room sounds, it sounds phenomenal, but if you've ever done one, they suck. They're terrible. I mean, it's like, they're like you, they, they, some numbskull locks you in a room and says, here, get out. And what happens is you, you, they, you, you have to look around the room. You see something that's kind of obvious. It's the first task. And then you accomplish that task. And then that leads you to another task. And then mm-hmm. you accomplish that one. And that leads you to something else. And then you solve that puzzle. And there's another one. And you solve that one. And there's another one. And you solve that one. And there's another one. And you solve that one. And, you're, and after about 30 minutes, you're like, okay, I've solved like 18 of these things. How many are there for God's sake? This is crazy. <laughs> there's no, there's no goalpost. There's no, 
there's no, we, nobody, I mean, if you don't make it out, you have no idea how close you got. It's like, it's just real. Most of them are just not designed. Right. Now, if you are an escape room person and you don't do it that way, I, my apologies because uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're going to sure get all the escape room hate now. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to, um, to, you know um, what, either way, this is going to be the most popular episode because it'll be the most controversial. <laughs> right. You'll have the entire escape room community. One right. star, one star, one star. Right. I know, but don't do that. If you're if you're an escape room person, you can leave it in the comments. Hey, I have great escape rooms and what. And I'll That's right. You challenge Doug. You challenge right. him. So, um, I'll come. I'll come and see if I can get out of your escape room. And I'll That's tell right. You how good it is. That'll anyway, be the next podcast. You travel around the states going to escape. <laughs> right, right, right. But anyway, that makes great radio. But that the makes concept, maybe, yeah. But the concept is awesome. I mean, the idea of these escape room things is—it's—it sounds like a lot of fun. You put, but a it's group so of sequential, right? It's like so sequential. It's, yeah, it's. But the thing is, is that there's no there's no mile markers, right? Now, like like mm -hmm. for instance, yeah. you got to run a marathon. A good analogy. You got to run a marathon. If without those mile markers, you know, or the the kilometer markers or whatever it is, it's somewhere. I mean, if if they're if if you don't. <laughs> You're just running for hours, and then all of a sudden, God, how far have I gone? Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Am I halfway there? Am I a quarter of the way there? Am I, you know, you need so those mile markers, right? If you don't have that, then it's it's much more challenging. So what we and the other thing is, is that if you're you can't really make it a real team building activity because there's only you can only fit six people in a room, you know, ten people in a in a big one or something like that. But that's it, you know, you can't fit 250 people in a in a single uh, um, room, right? So what we did was we made it to where it was a competition to where the, the um, you take the 150 people or 200 people or whatever, you divide them up into teams of five or six, and everybody has the same task that they have to do, but the tasks are all virtual. So, and it's a, the, the concept that we came, we call it my rich uncle. It's like your, your rich uncle has passed away and he left you okay. a fortune. He left a fortune to his one true heir. And the, the, to determine if you're the true heir, you have to, he's, he's, put a series of challenges in um, um, behind digital padlocks. And when you, um, when you, when you um, accomplish one of these, solve one of these challenges and you're able to open, open up one of these digital padlocks, you get a digit to a briefcase code. So his entire inheritance is in a briefcase on a table in, in a room somewhere. And if you can unlock that briefcase, you get whatever's in it. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you get, you inherit oh, his great. entire, his entire thing. So that's the kind of the story behind it, right? So it's, you know, the briefcase, there's only six digits. So you get all six digits, you solve six challenges, you win. So, and that, so the, the reason why it's a little bit more fun is because when the teams are in the breakout rooms, like in Zoom, they have breakout rooms. So yeah. And we can divide the 200 people up into rooms of five or six people. And then and you um, go back and forth between the rooms, right? They're know, like yeah. in the room. Right. And then you go, but like when they accomplish a task, do you bring them back out of their room or do, are they always in their breakout? No, they're always in their breakout room. But the instructor, the person, the people who are you leading through them, them. We, we move, we go in and out and we're, and we kind of, you know, talk to them, give them hints and stuff like that. But anyway, so anyway, that's what we were doing um, last week. And it, it, that, that was a concept that we, I mean, I'm sure it's been around. I'm sure other people are doing like virtual um, escape rooms and stuff like that. But I don't know of anybody that's done one for like 200 people at once and made it to where at the end of that, the 200 people are going, oh my God, that was so much fun. That was so interesting. We should yeah, do man. more of these things, right? Which is kind of what we're getting, right? So it's, it's a, so anyway, so I think that's our next big thing. It's the, the virtual stuff that most people aren't really doing virtual meetings very well. You know, most of the oh, time, I agree. If um, 
if somebody is doing virtual training, especially most of the time, the virtual training is a talking head, just speaking to people. It's like a webinar. And the, and or the you're just looking at a slide and well, looking, I'm doing quotations. I'm right. doing quotations. <laughs> really, you have Facebook open and you're like on mute while someone right. is talking slides. Yes, 100%. 100%. Right. right. So like, like for instance. Escape room um, people don't do that. Right. For all our escape room. Exactly. Don't you dare do that escape room people. So what, like for instance, what we're doing now with our, um, the, the fearless presentations, our virtual classes, one of the things that we're doing that's, that's just changing the whole way that we train people and that folks learn how to speak in front of a group or learn to, to be a good communicator is we can, we, a, a, a professional speaker can be anywhere in the world and get on a Zoom meeting with five yeah. or six people or eight people or whatever and, um, and give them an assignment, you know, give them a, Hey, this is how you design a really good presentation. Here's how to make it spontaneous. Here's how to do it without reading it. Right. Yeah. And you give them a few tips. And then once you give them the tips, just you give them an assignment and say, okay, now what I'm going to have you do is we're going to have you partner up with somebody. And in that partnership, we're just going to have you practice with each other. So it's not speaking in front of the whole group, just one person. All you, have to do is you just want to have a conversation with that one person, the person who is listening, that your partner, that person is your coach just for now. You know, it's going to be your, your, your coach. You'll coach each other and you got four minutes yeah. to do it. So and you send them to a breakout session for four minutes. And then at the end of the four minutes, you bring them back. Oh, we weren't done. Yeah, well, you got to do it faster next time. Right. So it's basically it's training them to do a few things. And now that they've got a chance to practice a little bit. Now we can have them do that same presentation that they just did with their partner to the entire Zoom mm -hmm. meeting. Mm -hmm. and, and they're picking up skills at lightning speed now. I mean, this is like, it's the, we're, we're doing things in virtual meetings that would have taken hours. You know, we're doing it in minutes now. It's, yeah. it's in, a, in a training session and it's, it's, it's one of those things that's pretty revolutionary and, and we're, we're kind of excited about it. But we're on the, we're on the forefront of that now. We're, we're at the very front of that that wave that's about to hit and we're doing it better than anybody else is right now. And you know, okay. So what is, I'm looking up, I'm, you, can, you might be able to hear me typing. Cause what you just said, Sugata Mitra, okay. you gotta look up Sugata Mitra because you have stumbled upon something that he has, has discovered in his research on learning and education. Hmm. And I'm going to type his name out here. And if you can ever get him on the podcast, I don't know. He's, he did a, he did a very popular, like not a TEDx, but like a Ted talk. Right. Right. And his name is Sugata Mitra and he's a learning specialist and he's great. And one of the things you, I'm not going to tell anybody what you touched on that he also touches on, but it, it's genius what you're doing. And one of the things I've, I mentioned to people is I say one of the fundamental, I think, mind shifts from in class and to virtual is one of the things that people don't realize is when you do virtually virtual, no one has to pretend to be interested. Right. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause we're in a room, if you're dead boring, at least I have to pretend to be like, Hmm, yes. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. Mm. The occasional nod. Mm. By the way, that's the universal sign for I'm not listening when you're like, Hmm, mm, mm, right. yeah. Mm. yeah. I call it yeah. the zombie nod. Yes. For those of you, for those of you who are watching the video version of this and not listening to it. it so basically if I'm not interested, I just do this. I go, Ooh. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, mm. sorry. My yeah. camera doesn't work anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, I, so. and, and by the way, it blows my mind. People are like, oh, my computer doesn't have a camera. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Where, is your computer from 1984? Right. right. But, uh, but I, I love what you were saying. One of the biggest things is the strategic use of breakout rooms to apply ideas, not to just tell people ideas, but to Correct. apply what you learn 
and then that the acceleration of learning that happens and there's a lot of people who aren't really using breakout rooms as much as they could not just in zoom but every i've used uh, webex blue jeans blackboard microsoft teams doesn't teams. but it does it it doesn't, but because we did the, we, typically we do the the um, the um, stuff with the uh, um, the uh, escape room. We typically do it in Zoom because it has the breakout rooms. Yeah, um, yeah. Microsoft Teams because we were doing it for Microsoft, we used it, and I I, I kind of like the way they did it better because um, I mean the they got, they're that, playing catch up. I'd love to see them do well, some yeah, breakout the, rooms. The, I would love what they it. Did. Here's what they did on at, at here's what Microsoft did that to to and, and it actually worked even better than in Zoom. They, what they did was they created a separate meeting room for every one of the teams, and then they just assigned the people ahead of time to those teams. So that way they yeah. can a little bit more randomized, or I mean, they could make sure that that you know folks from different parts of the country were in the sure. their own meetings. And so, uh, but you can access. It's basically it's a it was a a Microsoft team within a Microsoft team. So basically it was the, there was the, the main room, the main room, but then they had teams within that. So they it, left that room and joined other rooms. Right. And then it, oh, and okay. while, while they, when they left that room, by the way, it just paused the main room. So the moment that they closed down the room that they were in, they automatically appeared back into the, the main room and it was brilliant. Now the only, the only challenge with that, the, the where Zoom is really, um, like you said, that um, everybody else is kind of trying to catch up to Zoom, but where, where Zoom was really um, helpful is that um, I, I, if, if I'm doing a Zoom meeting and I leave one of the breakout rooms, I can still communicate with all of the meeting rooms at one time. Yes. Whereas um, through those broadcast with, messages. With, with, Tomb, with, with Teams, what I had to do was I had to go into each individual meeting uh -huh. or go and, and do the copy and paste of, of, you know, hey, you got two minutes left or five minutes left, that kind of thing. So, but it was a, it was a, a minor thing, but it was, it was much easier though to kind of um, manipulate uh, the, the individual teams and stuff. So you can do, I mean, the, the other teams are, I mean, the other um, software platforms are really starting to catch up, but, but, the, that, but it's interesting that we're talking about this because that particular um technology the the breakout rooms that yeah that zoom has is that it doesn't seem like a lot but i've talked about that on maybe four different podcasts in the last so six weeks or something or something because it's it is it is a revolutionary thing it's one of those things that probably somebody did it's like it's one of those accidents like the you know the 3m sticky note thing you know where they were trying that, to like they wanted to make a super glue somebody came up with that oh man let's just kind of do that but i think it was one of those happy accidents for them but it's it's it it is one of those things that if you use it effectively it changes the way that we interact with people it's it's now mm -hmm. we can do things that with you know the one of the major benefits of doing a webinar is that you can get information to a vast amount of people at one time one of the, the, the but it's one way you know that none of those people in the, the webinar they you can chat back and forth and they can ask you questions and stuff like that but if you if you open up the the technology where folks can kind of talk to you mm -hmm. um, two-way then the sound is horrible and, and you'll have all kinds of weird stuff happening with zoom though with with what they've done with um with the the microphones to where it shuts off like right now because we're using zoom my i'm speaking so my microphone is live yours isn't live right now because you're not talking so with the moment that you say something though the microphone comes back on so the so it's not picking up all the the background noise and then the back and then the, the breakout rooms is the other big thing one that since the breakout rooms are there 
we can now interact with people. We can have people interact with each other. We can, yep. we can coach, we can have each other, we can have them coach, we can practice. We can like, for instance, what we're doing in our leadership stuff, we're doing now the, the, the leadership programs that we've, that we've been doing for 20 years or so, they're, they're at such a, a much higher level now than what they've ever been before. Because now we can train folks to do um, uh, people skills, leadership skills, things that take practice. It takes time to develop. It's a skill. You know, it's not something that you mm -hmm. learn once and then you, you know, oh, okay, I know that, right? It's one of those things that you, you have to keep getting reinforced on, right? So if we were going to send a speaker to a company, let's say every week for 12 weeks or, or something like that, it, that's costly if, if, um, if we're putting them on a, an, an airplane. But coming in for an hour a week, you know, during a lunch or something like that, that's easy. Anybody can do that. And so now we can, re, we can teach them something new and then give them a week to apply it. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what we're doing with our leadership stuff now. And, and in order to make sure that they apply it now, when, once we teach them the concepts, we break them into groups of five or six people and have them discuss, okay, in, apply it and use it tomorrow, in the breakout room. You know, what are you going to do with this? You know, this is, uh, if the, we're all agreeing that this is a good idea. How do we apply this in the real world? And now they say, oh, okay, well, tomorrow I've got this meeting with so-and-so. So now they can, it's, it, it, it increases the application exponentially. So um, all of those things are happening now. And we're, like I said, we're at the forefront of the, you know, as, as companies start going back to work and, and, um, and we start uh, taking some of the technology that we've developed or that has been refined over the last, you know, three months or so during the COVID crisis and using that in the real world, it's, it, it, I, this is, it's a game changer stuff. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on right now that's a good time to be in the industry anyway, I think. Well, I think one of the things that you touched on that was really great, and just just for your sake, and uh, this might have to be a two-parter, Doug, because wow. we're at we're at we're almost an hour and a half, and it's been, yeah, it but be honestly, like it's been so fast. Yeah. No, no, but it's been so fast because I think when when people are saying things that are interesting, uh, if you can build curiosity, people will listen for long periods because it's interesting. What you're saying right. is interesting. It's why you can sit through a, an hour and a half movie like it's nothing or power watch like a show on Netflix, but a 15 minute presentation, you're like, get me out of this room, get me out. But what, what, one of the things that's interesting that I've noticed because I think Zoom, the big reason I feel like it came out of nowhere is because they went the most every other kind of communication software like Adobe Connect, for example, right. or you know, a lot of universities use Blackboard or WebEx, right. was B2B, right? It's all B2B. And so, for example, in a, in a thing like a Blackboard, which is I use, I teach at the University of Toronto as well. We, we have, we're using that a lot, but it's not, it's not customer facing. It's all B2B. So you kind of get a little bit of training on it. So they have breakout rooms, but it takes a little while to figure out how it works. It's not right. as straightforward. And Zoom went, went, went B2C. And that's why the, I think that's the number one reason why I went like this and something like an Adobe Connect, or do you remember, what happened to GoToMeeting? Yeah, Where's GoToMeeting? Yeah. They, yeah. they were really pushing it. Every podcast was like, this is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Right. Where's GoToMeeting? Right. You know, yeah, it's uh, and it's that, that consumer-facing end. Right, it, yeah, it's ahead. funny that you say that. No, it's funny that you say that because, I mean, here at, the, at, at our office, I mean, our sales yeah. reps have been using Zoom for, uh, you know, a year, you know, or longer. It's been, it was around were, for a while. 
Yeah, that, because they, it's, it's one of the few things that even if somebody didn't have Zoom, they could just kind of, if they sent a Zoom link, folks could access through the, through the, the web. And so it was, it was, they didn't have to download the WebEx or the, the platform. They didn't have to, that little, that little application. You're right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that made yeah. it so easy for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I know, uh, yeah, we haven't talked about me at all, but don't worry. If the people demand it, if the people <laughs> demand it, then you'll have to come. Have, this is going to be the highest rated episode. Right. Demand four, it. Four Send Doug your complaints about breakout rooms. <laughs> Send Doug your questions about how to build a business. And then send Doug requests on have Yvonne back to talk to make Doug talk more. That's no, the, no, that's seriously, be the thing. But, seriously, <laughs> because this, so this was an interview between Doug and Yvonne. And now Yvonne has been interviewing Doug the whole time. But no, seriously. Though, what, you're fascinating. You're fascinating. <laughs> what you are. Things? Well, thank you. But one of the things that um, was kind of intriguing about what you're doing at, at, in your classes at, at colleges and, and you're doing it now on, online as well, is that you, you, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that you're teaching tactics. And yeah. it's not the term that I would use, but I totally, I think I totally agree with, with kind of what you're doing. You're basically, when you say tactics, you're talking about real world application, right? You're, that's kind of the, the concept. So, so give us an example. What would be something that that um, that you're using in your classes to to as as kind of a tactic that somebody could actually take out right now, apply it, get good use out of it. Like what would be like? Give give us an example of that. So yeah, let me give you a really simple one, and let me give you one from finance because you brought up finance and people that are always calling. Well, all I have to do I have to present a spreadsheet, and my first response is, "Do you? Do you?" <laughs> but you know, hey, here you got to dip your toe in the water before you can jump in the pool. So my first okay. little tactic that I give people, if you are gonna communicate a number or numbers, and let's say your boss says, no, we need, we need the spreadsheet, or you're worried that your audience is gonna need the spreadsheet. They don't, nobody wants it, but you're scared. You gotta dip your toe. I use like a magnification principle. So I say, if you have like five or six numbers on a sheet, on a, on a slide, for example, with a title, it takes people like 10 to 15 seconds to like, of silence to be like, it's the title, number one, number two, and, but people will just start talking. So what happens is no one is reading the slide. They're staring at it and they're half listening to you. So they're not really absorbing what you're saying. So what happens? Everyone shuts down and like, I'll just wait for the next slide. Or if it's important, I'll ask for the slides afterward. Right. So I teach something called the magnification principle that if you're going to show me a spreadsheet and you're going to start talking about a number, let's use quarterly revenue. You literally said, I want everyone to look at the number 12 in the top right hand corner and you point at it or you bold it. And then you say, can you just look at this number 12? And then that whole slide becomes only that one number and they don't have to do this. And for the people on the podcast, they don't have to like go like this. What am I searching the slide for what's relevant or what you're specifically talking about? And right. it's something I just call the magnification principle where it's, you literally tell people what part of the slide to look at. Can everyone look in the bottom corner and check out that blue line on the graph? That blue line is telling us these two things about our growth potential in Australia. Summarize, yeah. Some, yeah. And, then you, and then you basically make that huge slide with lots of information into a tiny line. And that's all they're looking at. And you right. hyper-focus them. Sure. Oh, that for a tactic. Yeah, I love it. Good, good example. Good example. Yeah, cool. And so, so yes, go ahead. Sorry. I know. No, I was gonna I'm, say, I'm gonna, so, so, um, cause I asked you earlier about your, your background and, and you yes. kind of started and you told me a little bit, you told us a little bit about how you kind of got into it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, if, you, 
if you didn't care, if, if, if at the That's time- That's in part you, one of seven that's like from- like the podcast back. You know, if you're listening to this and that was like four pint, you'll have to go review that because I have no idea how we're going to break this all down into segments, but um, you can kind of hear the background. But um, so what is it that like when folks, you, you mentioned that when um, you were teaching a class at, at the, the college and you ended up, you, you came up on the elevator with the folks and they were surprised that you were the teacher. And so what, when, when they came at the end of the, the program and they were like, oh man, that's, that's awesome. That's totally different than what I, what I thought it was going to be. What is it that you're doing that makes you different? What is it that, like, what is it that's most surprising about mm -hmm. your delivery method or what you're doing versus what they were probably expecting when they went in there? Well, Doug, I'll tell you, you actually do this too. I guarantee you, do, and you do this virtually because we've actually talked about it, is the number one thing I, I believe is that you can't learn how to change a carburetor by watching a YouTube video. Right. I've tried, and then I have to go see a mechanic. It just, <laughs> it, you just can't. Watch 10 YouTube videos. I'm telling you, you're still going to have a leaky faucet. But now you got a plumber that's got to fix it. So the number one thing I do is I will present an idea. Then I will demonstrate it. Yep. But that's what everyone does. And here's the thing. So much of demonstration is based on a person's individual style or their personality. But then because it's a tactic, I will say like the magnification, I break people up into rooms, into groups. I say room into groups. Let's pretend we're in the real world or virtually into breakout rooms. Right. I will give them, I do a couple of things. Number one, and this is something I like to do. You can use it or take it for what it, what it is. I give people unrealistic time constraints, but allocate more time. So I say, I'm only going to give you two minutes. I actually give them 15. But what happens is they go like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And they hyper-focus in groups. And then I make them do it with each other. And then I make them do it in front of the whole group. Right. And the idea of teaching tactics versus, and I don't know what, an, uh, you could, what, what word would you use, Doug? Like uh, strategies? Well, it could be. Yeah. No, I actually, I, tactics is probably a good word now that, yeah. now that I understand what it is. It's just that, That's that, for you. That's free. That's for you. That's for you now. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly what your definition of a tactic was because it's, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, being around the industry for a while, you kind of hear, it's like, well, we have silent, we have all our own verbiage. Yeah, but the, but the verbiage doesn't really mean anything, right? It's mm -hmm. like, um, well, the thing that makes me different is that uh, all my deliveries are, I had somebody tell me this just this week, right? Yeah. Is that they, they were trying to tell me that this was actually one of, um, um, I, I've, won't go into great detail, but I don't, I don't want to. Uh, but PM but, me, but PM I, me. I had somebody on that I that I know very very well tell me that, oh my God, I was just on this um, online course with this fan, with this woman that she was so great because she was so interactive. This 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 presentation style was so interactive. I think we can learn a lot from that, and it was recorded, right? So I started watching this, and it. It wasn't interactive at all. It was using like polls. It was like a webinar uh, platform. Yeah. I think it was like you were talking about Adobe Connect. It was, it was probably, it was, I'm sure that's what she was using. And, and she, it was basically polling and, and like, look, and she would ask a question, but the, the question didn't really tell her anything because she, it was multiple choice, you know, it mm -hmm. didn't tell her what. It's the illusion of learning. Yeah. It was like, it's the illusion like, of interaction. I'm like, how in the world does somebody think that's interactive? That's not interactive. That's that is a one-sided presentation. The application is not there. So anyway, so when I hear folks kind of say stuff like that, it's like eh, I'm always a little skeptical. But uh, but mm -hmm. the but the example. That's why I was asking you for the example because the example is what really kind of tells people. Yeah, that's yeah. That is, that is I can I can I can like I can do that. 
Right. And so then the, the other the thing is, it isn't really as helpful as the application, you know, the, the, the example, you know, so, yeah. so I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't keep it from using that word though. So, <laughs> so what we touched on is this, here's the thing, Doug, the reason that person was impressed is because that little nothing of a bolt <laughs> is what only like 1% of people will even get that first little dip of toe in the water. So when people, when you actually get people to work in small groups, because when you get people to work and learn on their own, when you make them apply ideas versus just going talking to talk, talk, learning is accelerated. Right. When you add stress by saying you have to, now I'm going to pick a random person from a random group to show the whole group, the idea that enhances retention. Right. That whole, when you get people to do apply and put them in this, get them uncomfortable so that they actually do it. And it's a tactic so they can actually practice it. All those things is what 99.9% .9 of people don't do. Right. You do it. So you're not impressed when someone's like a pole, <laughs> but because like no one does even that. Yeah. People are blown away, which if anything, and maybe this is how we can end the conversation or I'm happy to talk forever, by the way. Uh, but one of the big things that, as someone's listening is that think there was this great quote, the difference between information and communication information is giving out. And right now I'm making a throwy uppy gestures from my mouth. Right. Communication is getting through. Right. And when you let people do things on their own, instead of you just trying to throw information at them, when you get them to actually apply in the moment, that's when they learn. Nice. And that's what you're doing with breakout rooms. And that's, if anyone is going to start teaching online, if you're not using a breakout rooms, people are on Facebook right now and pretending to listen. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. The old, uh, the old uh, uh, virtual church. I hope my pastor's not listening. Virtual church. You know, it's on. It's on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live. It's open. Yep. So we can see that. But it's not really that exciting. <laughs> it's so true. And you know, <laughs> hey. But this is why. But here, this is why people need. You know, you and I feel. I feel are very much aligned in kind of our perception to things because right. you. You're like me. You're the crazy man with the sign, and everyone thinks you're crazy, but you're telling the truth. <laughs> You know, when you see, no, no, they need to see the Excel sheet in the presentation. And you're like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Nobody right. wants it. Yep. Nobody. No, hey, no, put no. it in a handout. Here, give them the yes. handout of the Express yes. Excel Yes, put it in the leave it, behind. Yeah, the, yeah, don't ever oh, reference man. it. But if somebody asks you a question, pull it up. Say, here, I'm giving it to And then you right. tell them, you say like, what do you hate about a presentation? And they're like, oh, because they're really long. There's way too much stuff on the slides. <laughs> so what are you doing? No, no, oh, no, I'm different though, because I got it. It's like you're sitting there going, you're the crazy man trying to get people to like turn around and walk the other way. You know what I mean? Right. right. But I, I, I tell you, this is, this is a good, good thing to end on. I'll give you my number one secret about presenting that I tell every class this, by the way. Every single class that I've ever taught, I've yeah. kind of shared this with. And it's one of those secrets that once you hear it, you go, oh, that totally makes sense. The bar for public speaking is set really, really low. Oh my God! You do. <laughs> a lot of people think that like they're coming to a, the reason. One of the reasons why they come to a public speaking class is because they want to be a professional. They want to be awesome. They want to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And and the thing that I always tell them is that you don't have to be that. You just have to be a little better than that last schlub that spoke. 
and people are going to love you. You don't have to be, you don't have to be phenomenal. You just have to be a little bit better than everybody else. And they will love you. They will ask you back over and they're, I mean, they're going to, they'll mm-hmm. absolutely love it. And you'll love getting that, that feedback as well. So because, because the bar is set so low, you know, if you are an exceptional speaker, if you are good, if you know some of these tactics, like you're talking about, if you know some of these, if you've developed the skill, You'll um, you'll be seen as the leader. You'll be seen as the person who is the 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 trendsetter and that kind of thing. That's what it a lot is of people amazing. Want. It is amazing to me. Even just having like a summary slide at the beginning. Here's what you're gonna learn. This is it. Just just put that one slide, and already you're in the top five percent of all presenters ever. Like just. Just right. do that. Just do that one thing. Yeah. Uh, I always say I have a I have a little sentence structure that I use. But you talk about this having that, what you're going to cover at the very beginning. Just put it up there. You're going to learn these three things. We're going to answer these three questions. Whatever it is, um, amazing. But no one does it. Yeah. Yep. The easiest yep. task simple. in the world. Nobody does it. Very simple. Anyway, yep. hey, well, uh, thanks for being a part of um, the of the podcast and the video for the, inter- stuff. For the interview of Doug. Yeah. So, so um, if like if because you, you've got you've got a book and you've got your online sure. course really you know very very popular. I mean, you check out the reviews on 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 your um, on your uh, online course through the. Through Did the you college. check it out? Yeah. Oh my God. That's like wow. I, I mean, if I had just the, the even the, the a tiny percentage of the positive reviews that you've gotten on you're there. You're a kind, gentle soul, sir. You're a kind, right, gentle so, soul. But tell, tell us how, how they can get in touch with you. How can folks get in touch with you or, or take part in one of your courses or whatever? So what, one of the things, I have a book called They Don't Have to Be Naked, A New Approach to Public Speaking. And the, one of the reasons it's a new approach, it's not just because it's tactics. It's I went to some un, unorthodox places. So one of the best debate and crowd influence things I ever learned was from professional wrestling. I interviewed, yes, yes. I interviewed a couple of professional wrestlers and one of my friends is a lawyer slash professional wrestler. He's he's a gigantic man. He's like, hi, how you doing? My name's Pete. He looks like the undertaker, but he's a lawyer. So I learned from then. I went to police interrogators. I talked to professional poker players. How do you know when someone's bluffing? What are the tells, you know? I talk to buskers. Because people who play, buskers, the people who do like stuff on the street. Oh, okay. Like acro, the people yeah, who yeah. get, how do you get people to take out your earbuds, stop and stare at you? Right. And then right. give you money. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I talked to these, I went to all these different sources and I tried to take physical tactics, things you can actually practice versus generic ideas. And I put it all in a book. Uh, they don't have to be naked because you know that old adage that never works is picture everyone in their underwear. Right, right, naked. right. Sure, sure. How are you supposed to do that if you're trying to remember what to say and right. you're nervous? Right. You know what I mean? So that's one place. And I'll, anyone who's listening who's made it to the end of the Doug interview here, uh, although, if you're interested, I'll send a, I'll send a, Doug will post the link about how to like, download it for free. Right. So you can okay. have that. Yeah, we'll put that, on, I, we'll put that on the show notes. So Sure. I also have a course called Communication Strategies for a Virtual Age, which is very appropriate nice. right now. Very good. On co- it's a co-branded course with Coursera, Coursera and the yeah. University of Toronto. Okay. And what you ha- the best way to find it would just be to put down this phrase, Communication Strategies for a Virtual Age. And I will send you the link, Doug. So you can, if you want, you can post it if anyone's put listening. The, I'll put on the show notes. Yeah. So, all right, very good. But the last thing I will say, if you've made it here, demand. 
that Doug does a How He Built His Business series. Demand it. Demand that I interview Doug again because I think it was this has been a really fun and interesting. I had a blast. For me, it's been really fun and interesting. I've had a blast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And so I'm so glad we had this conversation. I know we didn't talk about me very much, but I, I think like I learned and I really enjoyed uh, some of the great stories you had. Nice. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being a part of the, uh, of the podcast. Thanks, so. thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.